great to be with you. I'm Rabbi Ken Brodkin. This is the Jewish Growth Podcast, and I am excited as we are actually recording our 100th episode of the podcast today. And uh, it's been a journey. Thought a lot about branding and, and marketing this podcast over that time. And uh, I've actually been thinking a lot lately about branding because here at Congregation Sons of Israel, we are preparing for a rebrand in the next few months, so stay tuned for updates. But sometimes this kind of thinking makes me ask myself, what does branding have to do with a shul? Are we some kind of social media company? Maybe the answer is yes. But I mean, this is a house of God where we come together and we connect with our creator. Why should we be so concerned with secular matters like PR and branding? But I was reassured to recall that there's actually a lot of branding and even name updating happening in Safer Brachis. In fact, people get renamed in a couple of ways. Firstly, we have Avram and Sarai, whose names get changed to Avraham and Sarah during the first bris, the covenant of circumcision. Now, this name change is not a total name change. It's merely one letter is added to Avram's name, and just one letter is changed in Sarai's name from Yud to Hey. But then there's a different kind of change, and that's when Yaakov is renamed Yisrael. And on the one hand, this is more radical because it's actually a different name. But on the other hand, Yaakov's first name does remain in use, at least partially. So what's happening here? Why does Yaakov need the new name? Now, Yaakov's name really is a matter of intrigue from the very beginning. When he is born, he's holding on to the heel of Esau, his brother. And so he's named Yaakov for the Akev, the heel of Esau, because Yaakov rises at the fall, or the heel end of his brother. Now, on the other hand, Esau interprets the name Yaakov as a cove or crooked. Hachi karashmo Yaakov for this he is called Yaakov, for he has tricked me these two times. And this interpretation of Yaakov persists. In Yaakov's last encounter with his father-in-law, Lovin, Lovin insists that Yaakov is a trickster who has stolen his sheep, daughters, grandchildren. What do we make of this negative interpretation of our father's name? Now, Yaakov endured the darkness in his in-law's home for many years. He was swindled a number of times, and now he's running back to Israel. As he passes over Nachal Yabok, Yaakov encounters a force that appears like a man, and our rabbis teaches, teach us that this is Saro Shal Esav, it is the spirit of his brother Esav. Yaakov wrestles with this force throughout the night, as the Torah says, V'yeavek imo which literally means that they had a dust-raising fight. And so there in the darkness of night, Yaakov endured a new struggle with confounding darkness. But with the coming of dawn, the, the rising of sun, those first rays of light, Yaakov is able to see clearly. And as soon as that happens, the struggle is suddenly over. Yaakov names the place that he's in Peniel, turning towards God, and he also receives the, na- the news that he will get a new name, Yisrael. What does this name mean? In line with the theme of darkness and light, Clay Yucker teaches us that the name Yisrael means vision of God, with Yud Shin Reish, or Yashar, meaning a straight path or vision. 
And so once again, here's a, a unique change of name. Instead of the classic change of a single letter, Yaakov is given an entirely new name, which means vision of God. Several years ago, I was working with a fellow in Portland, and let's call him Jason. Jason was not born Jewish, but he became attracted to the Jewish community and eventually converted. And when he came back from the Beit Din, he shared his new name with me, Menachem, beautiful name. The only problem was that from time to time, I accidentally called the new Menachem by his old name, Jason. Well, Menachem didn't appreciate this. He had taken on a new identity, and he didn't necessarily want to be called by the old name. But here, Yaakov is told that he is now Yisrael, but the name Yaakov gets mentioned a number of times again. What is the meaning of this? In an often quoted verse, the angelic force explains the reason for the name change. Your name will no longer be called Yaakov, but rather Israel. You've struggled with God and with men, and you have prevailed. Now this verse is a source of controversy because it sounds like Yaakov struggled with God. That is, he felt internal conflict with Hashem. And taken in this light, the verse evokes a sense of triumph over God. As the verse says, you struggled and you prevailed in the struggle. However, that idea doesn't fit in very well with Yaakov's actual life. In times of darkness, Yaakov continually rededicates himself to God. He does not seem to be in conflict with God at all. When things go sour with Lavin, for example, Yaakov ascribes all the, his success to God. And he foresees a future in which he will serve Hashem in the land of Israel. How then should we translate the verse about struggling? Let's have a look at how the Targum Unklus, a classic commentary, translates the verse. Your name will no longer be called Yaakov, but rather Israel. Unklus, are revravta kadam Hashem ve'im guvraya. For you have struggled before God and with men, and you have triumphed. Now, look what Unklus does. He says that Yaakov struggled before God, and with men. How does he do that? The verse says he struggled with God and with men. How do you translate one word, im, with, differently for God versus man? And the answer is that it means something different. Struggling with God means something different than struggling with men. The idea of struggling with men is that there's a conflict, much like Yaakov had conflicts with Esau and Lavin. Struggling with men means that Yaakov struggled to live up to his own values while having to operate with people who tried to sway him. Just think what it would happen to most people if they were hanging around in a seedy, cheating business environment for 20 years. They'd probably become a part of that. But not Yaakov. Even while he's immersed in such a crummy society and he has to compete in a way, he remains Yaakov devoted to the mitzvot. Im lovin garti v'taryag mitzvot shemarti. I lived with lovin and even still, I observed, I upheld the 613 commandments our sages teach us. Struggling with God, on the other hand, does not imply a conflict with God. For Yaakov, struggling with God means being faithful to your values and God's presence, even when it's hard. That's why Uncle states that Yaakov struggles before God and with men. And critically, in all of the struggles, Yaakov is true to himself. But if he's true to himself, why the new name? On one level, the new name is a new level that Yaakov achieves after many struggles. But it's also a clarifying name. 
that sets the record straight. Esav and Lavan interpreted Yaakov as a trickster, but the reality was different. Yaakov had to be strategic and do difficult things that were called for in tough times. And now Yaakov overcomes the force of Esav, and again, he's given a clarifying name. Your name is Yisrael, which means straight with God. You do have a straight connection with Hashem in spite of what other people say. Now, in a sense, this kind of clarifying is really what branding an organization is about. It's clarifying the meaning of your organization or your product in a confusing world where there's so much coming at us. Branding is how we share an identity with the world. In the case of our father, the name Yisrael teaches us the real interpretation of Yaakov. And far from crookedness, Yaakov is actually about straightness and clarity, though he does have to live and operate in the challenging environment with bad actors like Esau and Lovin. And so the new name is not there to erase his past, but to clarify his real identity and bring that forward. It's amazing to think about how people come to clarity in their own lives. This past week, I, I heard Bibi Netanyahu speak about his personal history in a podcast with Barry Weiss. And Netanyahu was always devoted to the state of Israel, but his life took on new meaning early on when his brother Yoni was killed in the otherwise miraculous raid at Entebbe, a defining moment in his life, not to mention in Israeli history. Now, at first, the young Netanyahu was overwhelmed by his own grief and by the grief of his devastated parents. But this event came to shape the rest of his life as he devoted himself to the stability and the safety of the state of Israel. Now, whatever you think about Netanyahu's political approach or opinions, his life is a great example of how a major event can help a person find a new clarity in life. Netanyahu was always devoted to Israel, but that event propelled that meaning forward in a very profound way. The patriarchs, of course, went through great life events, such as circumcision, such as various covenants, even prophetic name changes. And sometimes people we know today experience a watershed event in their life, like conversion to Judaism. And of course, organizations go through events and rebrands, but putting big life events aside, the truth is that we all struggle, whether it's with people or before God. And in our lives, we can all find moments that teach us more about who we are. It doesn't have to come in a prophecy or a cataclysmic event. I'll share a personal example. In 2019, my family flew to Israel for Pesach, and walking through the supermarket in Jerusalem with Jews from so many different backgrounds was a small moment of revelation for me. Here I am shopping with every kind of Jew imaginable, secular, religious, Ashkenazic, Sephardic. And I rediscovered how deeply connected I feel to the Jewish people. I just suddenly felt at home. And it was a meaningful moment for me of reconnecting with my meaning and my name. What's a moment in your life that sheds light on who you are? Consider the moments that teach you your identity, your name. Because when you do that, you're going to draw strength even in the most difficult times, in your struggles, all of your struggles, with people and before Hashem. Thanks for being with me. I'm Ken Brodkin. 
And this is the Jewish Growth Podcast.